Yo, 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 what's up? Yo, this is your boy, Gamer Saiyan, a.k.a. Blair Sensei. Welcome to Anime Academy. So, any of you ever wondered, how can I make a podcast? I want to make a podcast. I want to be cool like Blair Sensei. Well, I'm here to tell you, you guys can do that. And it's very easy and simple. All you need to do is download the app, Anchor. It does everything else for you. Easy steps of making the podcast, creating your name. And then from there, Anchor will legit stream your podcast to different uh, platforms. Very easy and simple. And after that, just get to making them episodes. They have all the tools you need. You can record. They have uh, sounds. They have music. They have interlude sounds for in-between segments of your episode. Um, Different ways to share your podcast over any social media. And you can get paid. So take the easy step, download Anchor, and own your own podcast. Hello? Okay, 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 okay. It is season two. Welcome back, Junior. It's been not really that long, but uh, it feels like forever. This is your Peach Blair Sensei, uh, aka Juju, aka Julius, aka Gamer Saiyan. And this is Anime Academy. Welcome back, guys. Missed you guys. Hope you guys missed me. If you didn't, you should. All right, so anyway, today I'm here with my guest, my big bro, Chris, big bro, little bro. And uh, he's here with me, and we're going to talk about uh, today's lesson, which is Seven Deadly Sins. I know the ones that have seen it and the ones that haven't seen it. The ones that have seen it, a really good show. Um, yeah, probably some slow starts in the beginning of the first season, but, you know, it's introduction. It's going to be slow sometimes. Not always. Anyway, we're going to just pretty much give you guys a breakdown of the show and let you guys know what it's about. And hopefully, if you guys like it, you can tune in and catch it yourself. I do highly recommend it. Um, great fights. Some good character uh, development and some pretty interesting characters and backstory. Uh, pretty good twist too. Story plot twist. Plot twist. Um, but yeah. So Chris, I'm gonna let you go ahead and introduce yourself. My good sir. All right. Hey, my name is Chris. Um, Chris Lewis. Uh, I. Um, I'm really glad to be, to have been asked to do this podcast, uh, with my, my boy Julius, aka, uh, Dragon Ball Saiyan, is that? Blair Saiyan. Blair Saiyan, sorry. Wow. <laughs> All right, um, so, yeah, I just, uh, really like, uh, I like anime in general, but, um, Seven Deadly Sins is one of my current fr- favorites, um, it's a, it's been a really cool uh show up to this point um or at least up to the point that i've seen i've seen up to season 3 and um yeah it's 
it's definitely worth worth watching if you haven't started. Um, and if you have started, maybe haven't finished it, I highly recommend you keep on going because it just gets it just keeps on getting better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead. First of all, let me say that uh, I definitely disrespected myself because it's gamer saying. Gamer saying. Yeah, gamer saying. <laughs> all right, I've got to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Remember the name. <laughs> I was uh, close. I was close. You got the same part. But we're going to go ahead and discuss the first season uh, introduction phase of Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, well, actually, before we do that, let's just go ahead and break down what Seven Deadly Sins is. Seven Deadly Sins is a show, obviously, of seven members, uh, all representing different sins or the sins. Um, first member, Captain Leader. I'm gonna let Chris say name because I'll be butchering it. Okay. Um, well, uh, the Seven Deadly Sins are basically just a group of knights um, who serve the um, Kingdom of Leonis, and the ki- the the captain, as Julius was um, uh, hinting at, what his name is. Uh, Meliodas, and he is the uh, deadly sin of wrath. Um, he's also uh, all, all all of these sins are also correlated to uh, an animal. So uh, his obvious his being a mythical dragon, right? So he's the dragon sin of of wrath. Um, now, all of these uh, sins are somewhat explained later on uh, as to um, specifically why they're they were given these um, these monikers but um, for simplicity sake um, most pretty much all of them roughly um, have character traits that are related to their sin um, as for the rest of the members, the the first member that we see, other than Meliodas, I believe is Diana, or oh, Diane. Sorry. So Diane and then Bane. Um, right. So uh, Diane is um, a giant. So um, this is a good point to uh, point out that there are obviously different races. Um, within this wor- the world of seven deadly sins, um, there are humans, uh, there are giants, there are fairies, um, there are goddesses and demons. Those are the five um, races that have been at least uh, introduced up to this point, um, as far as I'm aware. And um, uh, so. Diana is, uh, or Diane is a gi- from the giant class, and so she's really tall. She's like super huge, and um, a lot of people. Um, she has her her whole backstory. She she's struggles with trying to like fit in with um, humans, obviously because she's gigantic and. Um, uh, at least for the first season until 
the deadly sins get their redemption, I guess. Um, the um, it's very difficult for her to to for her because uh, people are afraid of her, and so not only is she a giant, but um, uh, during season one, the seven deadly sins were uh, basically framed for the death of one of their grand one of the grand masters which is pretty much like the the top two generals um essentially in the army or i guess uh of the knights the knighthoods um so there are uh grandmaster saratros um he was murdered essentially um and it was framed on on the seven deadly sins which is why they were um sort of banished or run out of Leonis uh, 10 years prior to the beginning of the, the, the series. Um, so when we first meet Diana, she was in that um, the forest, if you remember. Um, and a lot of people were um, afraid to go into the forest because they thought that like a big monster lived there and everything and come to find out it was just Diane um, and she was sleeping uh, and basically just hiding away from the rest of the world. Um, and yeah, so uh, that was Diane. And then the next... Uh, Wait, no, oh. you gotta explain. Fun fact, Diane, also known as the serpent sin. Ah, yes, that's right. Um, I for, I forgot about that, but yes, she is the her serpent. Weapon also, her treasure is mm -hmm. a big, gigantic number. Right, and so uh, that uh, now that you mention it, the those sacred treasures, I as he um, said, are the weapons that the that the sins have. Um, and to be honest, a lot of other um, characters have treasures, and basically all they do are their conduits for the person's um magical power right uh so actually uh there's a there's uh a sin called king who we actually meet a little bit later um in the in the first season but he explained yeah. it very well um because um he said basically if the if you're a person that has a lot of magical power. Let's say your your magical power is a lake, um, but you're only one. You're just a person, so it's trying to fit. You're you're trying. There's there's no way that you can access all of those reserves of magic because you're just a person. You're um, there's there's no way that you can um, channel all of that magical energy through yourself. So you need something to help open the floodgates, so to speak. And so those were that, that's what the uh the sacred treasures are. Um also before getting the king, there's Bon, who is the platform of Greek, mm -hmm. uh raised by a man, half man, half uh wolf or fox. He transforms into it. Um, it was just a pack of animals, not animals, pack of foxes that are. Yeah, they're, I believe they call them beastmen. Yeah, beastmen. Mm -hmm. 
they uh one of them came in contact with Bond as he was a kid mm-hmm. and uh ended up growing a liking to him and trained him in the art of you know thievery. Yep. Uh, and so that guy ended up becoming like the father figure to Bond mm-hmm. and through some uh sad backstory or sad event that you will end up seeing as you come across. I think it's in season probably late either late season two or like in season three, you'll hear the backstory of Bond coming across his father. Yeah. Um, Bond, so first off, Diane has the ability of creation uh, where she can create like uh, mountain pillars and stuff that has to do with her and the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing with the giant and Bond's ability is uh, he has a high healing factor, but also he's immortal, but that's due to the fact of him drinking from the tree of life, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, which is the uh, forest, uh, the fairy forest. Right. And the the cool thing about Bond, Bond is actually probably my favorite character. Um, yeah. So he uh, he obviously became immortal after drinking from the fountain of youth but um his actual power uh came from i believe um what's the, he it basically he steals um he steals the, the abilities oh, yeah. of other people around him i thought he was still like life force right so uh, he can steal physical strength um I think it, it's mainly been physical strength, as far as I'm aware. Strength with um, right, and so he just like steals it from a, from either a group of people or a single person, um, and then he basically just unleashes on uh, on whoever his opponent is, um, and then the but the downside to his to that ability is that once he's done using it. His body, as he says it, feels like it's a thousand pounds or whatever. So, like he, it's like super heavy. And so, for a period of time after using it, he's basically useless. Um, but it's interesting because, like we said, he can't die. It doesn't matter how bad his injuries were. At one point, his head exploded. Um, at another point, someone actually disintegrated his entire body, and he came back. So he can't die. Yeah, and his uh, treasure is the holy rod. Is like basically a nunchuck. Right. It's like a. It's a three. It's a three section staff. I'll just say I think it comes to a staff. Mm-hmm. Key word of being a rod. Um. So. Yeah, and it's interesting as as the story develops because the first season is a lot of um, introductions of characters and stuff like that. I mean, pretty pretty par for the course for most anime. Um, but it's very interesting how uh, all of these their backstories kind of um, mingle with each other because um, mm-hmm. so Bon obviously he. he uh, drank from the fountain of youth, but to get there, he had to go through the um, the fairy king's forest, and we find out that the fairy king is actually 
King, who I just who I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, and he is the sloth sin, um, sloth. Uh, sorry, excuse me. The bear sin of sloth, right? So his actual name, um, King, is is just a uh, a nickname, I guess, that they gave to him. But his actual name is Harlequin the Fairy King. Um, and so about seven hundred years ago, um, he left the fairy kingdom, um, just basically for selfish reasons. He just wanted to. He he didn't want to be stuck in the in the kingdom, um, so he left, and he left his younger sister Elaine to pr- basically protect the the forest for him. And so when Bond got there, which was, I believe, within twenty years prior to the beginning of the of the storyline, he went to the uh, the fairy kingdom. Um, found the the, uh, the giant tree in the middle and kept on climbing up and climbing up. And every time he climbed up, Elaine would push him down because she's protecting the um, the spring because those waters also pretty much gave life to the forest itself. So it was basically she was she was basically um, protecting the life force of the forest and after like seven days or so, some something like that of them having interactions and everything and her knocking them out of the tree, um, they ended up getting such a close bond um, that they fell in love with each other. So Bond ended up falling in love with Elaine, who was King's little sister. Yeah. And... Um, as the story progresses, there was actually like a, a pretty big miscommunication between King and Bond to the point where um, King thought Bond had something to do with Elaine dying, which which you find out yeah. that, that she died and that it wasn't Bond's fault. But before you find that out, yes, there becomes a quarrel between those two. Um, and also, side note, Harley Quinn. The fairy king, his treasure is the spirit. Yes, Chastiful. Uh, he uses alongside conjunction with his inherited power, disaster. Um, now, King is probably one of the more, like, uh, not really so violent type. I mean, He's the sin of sloth, so he sleeps a lot of time and is very lazy and chill and mellow until he gets uh, back to the corner or gets pumped up about something. But for the most part, he's actually quite mm-hmm. chill. He actually has two forms. Uh, one of his forms are oh, slightly oh, way bigger mm-hmm. guy um, and pretty ugly too. But uh, anyway, so, but this is his more nauseous form. Um, also him and Diane, uh, end up having like a sort of relationship mm-hmm. also, uh, mainly with King really liking her. Um, uh, but I think at first, 
I'm not sure if she ends up liking him, but at first, uh, I know for sure if she. Uh, I think she just thought him as like a close friend until at one point where they finally started. Right. So, so this is actually one of the parts of the story that I kind of like the least um, with how it keeps on going back and forth. Because um, in the present, as you're going along with them, Diane has no real interest in, in King. Uh, King is a good friend, but that's about it. Yeah. King, on the other hand, has intense feelings for uh, Diane. But it's because they found, as we find out that uh, when Diane was younger, which was like a couple hundred years ago, because uh, the giant race, they age slower, and so do, do, do the fairies. Um, so while King had left the the fairy kingdom, he met Di- like a younger version of Diane, and they ended up hanging out for a good couple, like um, couple centuries. It was long enough for uh, there was a guy that they met and they helped him out or whatever. And then some time went by and it seemed like it was only a couple of days. But then when they met someone else, um, they thought it was the same guy, maybe, but he had aged maybe like 30, 40 years. But come to find out that was actually his son. So they had been hanging out for at least a good, I'd say like 70, 80 years, depending on um, lifespans and stuff. But uh, it was uh, it was very interesting that they had that relationship. But then um, Diane ends up, uh, or rather King leaves and ends up uh, taking Diane's memory of knowing him because uh, he didn't want her to feel alone anymore um, and wanted her to essentially uh, end up going going back to the, uh, the giants because for whatever reason, young Diane ran away from the, from the giant race because she didn't, I guess she didn't like how uh, their culture was because the giant race kind of their culture is um, very war oriented. Um, everybody's a warrior. And that was a whole, uh, that was another arc that was introduced a little later on that actually introduced like um, Diana's uh, mentor and everything. So, um, but the, the reason why I didn't like that much, that as much um as far as the story goes is because i mean you've got diana and you have diane and um king when diane's young they kind of have a relationship but then diana forgets diane forgets king because king makes her forget then when they're older diane starts to remember and king isn't sure if he remember if she remembers and then they finally get to the point where they may tell each other that they like each other, but then King forgets because something hits him on the head or something. So it's just like a bunch of like a, a big F you to, to the possibility of their re- relationship, I guess. And then the worst part is that once King says, oh, he doesn't remember what happened 
and everything. Then Diane just says, "Okay, never mind." And that that um, that was near the uh, I believe near the end of season three, and it was just like kind of it was it was kind of super anticlimactic. I don't know. I don't know. How did you feel about that? We are going to take a quick break before I answer this question uh, about King and Diane. Uh, get a breather, go to the bathroom, grab a drink, grab a snack, whatever you want to do, and we'll come back and we'll continue on. All right. Break. So, uh, Diane King, what do I think about that? Um, my thoughts on them is, honestly, I'm over it. I can't uh, care less about all the back and forth. Uh, they dragged that out. They could have just shortened it to, hey, I like you. Oh, I like you too. Let's be together. Mm-hmm. So, they dragged it out a lot with them going back and forth to the point of, like, uh, one person forgetting to lose memory and this person uh, does remember but then they lose their memory and nobody uh, had time for all that. Yeah. So they could have called all that out, honestly. Yeah, that that's about it. I was I felt the same way about it. It was just kinda eh. <laughs> to be honest. But um Let's see. Okay. So aside from them, the the only people left from the from the seven sins that we haven't talked about um are Merlin, um who is the uh the Borsin of Greed. Um she's basically a mage. And then there's also Gother, um and he is the goat sin of lust. Um, and those two characters have, have a pretty um, pretty extensive backstory. But um, uh, for right now, we can ju- just say uh, Merlin, we're not entirely sure if she is completely human. She, we do know that she's super old. Um, and Gother, um, as far as pretty early into season three at least um all we understand is that um he's uh an animated doll that um apparently has connection like i said with merlin um and his his his, um uh personality is pretty um spock like if you will if that makes sense He's very um, nonchalant and doesn't. He's not in touch with a lot of things, including. Children. Yeah, th- there's there's no there's no understanding of of emotion, or, um, Rational. like things like things of that nature. Because part of um one of his driving goals is to is to obtain a heart. 
So it's like that kind of thing. Um, but he's when he's not being really weird, he's um, I think he's likable. He's he's got some quirks that are, that are pretty interesting. Um, and finally, to round out all all of the um, the sins, there is the arguably, if not the most powerful of um, all of them, which is uh, Escanor. Yeah, right? Escanor, the uh, sin of pride. Yeah, the lion. That man is bad. Cold blooded, like. Okay, first off, my boy gets his power from the sun. The sun, mm-hmm. and so that being said, he goes from in the nighttime. You see him; he just looks like a normal scrawny uh, bartender. Uh, he runs a tavern, but when the sunlight hits and it's daytime, my man turns into an extra ultra buff uh, man with a great mustache. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> weapon and treasure is uh like an axe. Yeah, Rita. Yeah, and he has a lot of dudes that just revolve around the sun. Uh, one who yeah. create like a sun, a pretty much a mini sun that just yeah melts and obliterates everything that touches. Um, I mean, I mean, Meliodas said straight up that Escanor is more powerful than he is. And but that's that's the thing is that he's super strong, but when when it comes to OP characters, there's got to be some type of drawback, which is is when it, once it hits nighttime, he reverts to his scrawny weak form. Yeah, but I'm telling you, that man is he is scary. I, um, I know this is jumping he- ahead a little bit, but one of my one of my favorite um, lines in the in the series so far. Was he was uh, he was fighting a very um, powerful opponent um, who was from the demon class, and he was like, "Oh, so you're you're really you're really arrogant, aren't aren't you?" Or, um, uh, uh, or some something something to I forget exactly what he said, but uh, essentially, um, uh, uh, oh, that's right. So he said, he said, you're not, you're not afraid or something like that, because I'll, I'll we'll get to that later. But um, why that was important. But he said, he was like, why, why should I feel a- oh anger? Sorry. The, the emotion was anger. He was like, why don't you feel anger? You're not even a little bit angry about stuff. He said, why should I feel angry, uh, anger towards someone who is clearly we- weaker than myself? And you're just like, holy shit, because the person um that he told he said this to is up to that point incredibly powerful right um so yeah the that man he is he is something else he's on a different level um but yeah that's that's pretty much all of the the seven sins um and real quick i wanted to go back um and also mention uh two more characters um and <laughs> we kind of messed up by skipping over Elizabeth because um Elizabeth is technically the main character of the, sh- the show um 
but uh, Elizabeth is introduced as the uh, third princess of Leonis. And um, so obviously she's royalty. And the whole show starts with her um, traveling to try to find the seven um, the or the seven deadly sins because she knows that they're the only people that can help um, bring Leonis back from the brink of war and things like that. Um, because, uh, like I said earlier, the seven sins were framed for the murder of a, of a uh, grandmaster. Um, and um, because of that, they all separated, you know. Um, the only one that was still, there were two that were still within the kingdom one was Bond, and Bond got, uh, he was in pris- prison for the last 10 years, and he was shackled up and chained. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then the other one was King, and King actually ended up working with um, some of the other um, holy knights. So, um, yeah. But um, the other, the other, character it's like a mi- more minor character um his name is hawk and he's a talking pig i, I like hawk i don't know uh, <laughs> what's your thoughts on hawk man hawk is uh comic relief uh the cute adorable character that has very entertaining funny moments for being not so sh- quite strong um uh, they get a power boost though later in the series. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, mom, which is Hawk's mom, which is also a gigantic pig, aka also a home base for the team squad. Mm-hmm. Their tavern is literally on top of the pig. And yeah. that pig is huge. Powerhouse. Yeah. And it doesn't really do much but move, but it moves fast randomly a moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it did, it did, it did knock out um, one of the Ten Commandments, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very, like the, uh, the Hawk's mom is pretty intense when she wants to be. Um, but yeah, the Boar Hat Tavern, which is what Meliodas owns, is on top of Hawk's mom, and it's very interesting how that works you know but and one cool thing about hawk is that whatever he eats he takes on the attributes of that food so if he ate like a a swordfish he just gets certain abilities kind of like um what was the dude from my hero academia if you yeah uh um, um one of the big three yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like not light crusher. It's uh, uh, uh sun eater. Sun eater, something like that. Yeah, I think that might be actually. But yeah, yeah, that's so, that's his hero cause, name. Because with his with his ability is the same. Whatever he eats, he takes on the attributes or the uh, certain characteristics of whatever animal that he ate. So, yeah. Uh, that's what Hawk's ability is. I forgot about that. That may give him uh, some type of usefulness in the awesome fight. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, so those are pretty much all the all the non. Um, well, I guess technically speaking, the seven deadly sins are are knights, but those are pretty much all the protagonists of, of the first season. Um, and uh, as far as the um, the antagonists of the first season, they're mainly um, the holy knights of Leonis, because um, so you have uh, the two uh, grandmasters that are left. Um, obviously, Grandmaster Saratros, he was the one that got got killed, got murdered. Um, and um, then the other two that pretty much had, uh, they had plotted his death and also were uh, the ones responsible for, um, uh, for framing the sins. Uh, were Grandmaster Dreyfus and Grandmaster Hendrickson. Um, and Dreyfus, we find out, was actually being uh, possessed by a demon named Fraudrin. Um, they, there was like a pretty big backstory to that, and um, it was very unfortunate uh, how things happened the way they did. But... Um, so because they were being controlled and Hendrickson didn't want Dreyfus to die because of Fraudron, they he went along with it and it led to them to essentially the the second second half of the first season um, where he was actively giving holy knights, young holy knights, um, demon blood. And it just so happened to be the same demon from the same demon that Bond killed after that demon killed Elaine. Um, so uh, all these holy knights um, were taking the demon blood, and if they were compatible with it, they would get like a super power boost. Um, but the downfall was that um, at, even at, even if you were compatible with it, after a certain point, uh, after a certain length of time, it could potentially corrupt you and like morph you into some like really weird monster thing right was, uh, that, was that when uh like that one holy night that was a chick and she can make like tornadoes and sh- jump um that was um jericho yeah. Yep. Jericho. Jericho. Well, technically, Jer- they didn't. The one that makes tornadoes is Hauser. Um, Hauser and Gil Thunder were, were um, very prevalent in the first season, um, and they're uh, interesting characters. Um, Gil Thunder is actually the son of Saratros, um, and Hauser is just a, like a really good friend and a holy knight. Um, uh, but a really good friend of um, Gil Thunder. Um, Hauser makes tornadoes. Gil Thunder does like the whole electric or uh, lightning thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jericho and Gila, they were apprentice level, I believe. Um, but then they took the demon blood, and then their their power lo- level kind of shot up. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and Jericho ended up being consumed by, um, the demon blood. yeah, the demon blood. So she en- ended up 
morphing into this monster. Um, and she ended up killing her older brother, who was also a knight. And um, she had always been kind of in his shadow, sort of speaking. Um, yeah. So um, Gila becomes a little bit more relevant. Um, she's the one, she creates like mini explosions, like balls of explosions. Um, and she she got pretty interesting uh, nearing the end of the second season, end of the first season, um, because her priority was protecting her younger brother, um, and that made her realize how um, Hendrickson's plan was kind of like messed up, um, and so at one point you have. Gila and Hauser, because Hauser, um, there was a, a tournament, right? Uh, and the during this during this tournament, uh, Hauser jumped into to to fight or whatever, and met Diane um, and most of the other uh, sins, and um, kind of fell in love with her. <laughs> um, so because he realized that she wasn't a, as bad a person as everybody made them out to be. Mm-hmm. He knew that there, there, he started figuring out that there were something, there was something else going on. And so the, he actually made a stand with Gila um, against Gil Thunder and Hendrickson. Um, when, because there was like a lot of stuff going on, but Diana was getting attacked. So um, but she was also trying to save people. And so he was like, this doesn't feel right, you know? So um, I thought that was pretty in, pretty cool um, uh, that they still, they still tried to, you know, uh, live up to the, to the name of Holy Knights, even though they were a part of um, the very dark negative sign that uh really Frauldren was trying to um uh, happen make happen meaning start a war a holy war that would resurrect um the the demon race because the demon race had been locked away um after the last holy war like 3000 years ago so that that was that's a lot <laughs> um and most of this happened in the second season right or se- second half of the first season um you know so there was a there's just a lot that goes on in this anime you know right two part series for uh this episode would be two episodes uh, two parts because just the first episode alone is season one. Season one is start of season two takes about a whole episode by itself with the conversation, yeah. the information from the characters and the plot of, of the show. So uh, you guys want to tune in to part two uh, to get season two and three wrapped into that. Um. 
opportunity to go. Yeah. Uh, so this part, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, that was, that's the large majority of um, at least season one. Um, and uh, I guess we can wrap it up with, with like how the the first season ends or do you just want to end up here oh, and then yeah. pick it up next? That's with the ending of the tournament, right? No, the, the, so the tournament happened in uh, halfway through the season. It was like episodes like 10 through 12 or something like that. Um, and the end of the first season, first season's actually 20, 24 episodes, I believe. Um, something like that. And it ends with them fighting. Um, they, they fought Hendrickson, oh, yeah. um, who had then taken the, the blood of a gray demon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got super pumped. Mm-hmm. And he was like, like a gargoyle. Right. Then, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Say his name again. Which one? Who? Hendrickson? Uh, of the Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, Meliodas. Meliodas. Okay, Meliodas fought him and ends up using full counter. Full counter is like a counterattack. Mm-hmm. Freaking OP. It's very OP counterattack where it just reflects the opponent's attack, but 10 times that, pretty much. And uh, he ends up beating him with that. And then Hendrickson ends up being defeated. But then uh, with Hendrickson being defeated before he dies or whatever, he ends up uh, unleashing, doesn't he release the, uh, the freaking demons from 3,000 years ago? Mm-hmm. And that is what then doesn't that awaken the Ten Commandments? Yeah, and the it's the Ten Commandments that that start being crazy for season three, because because season season two was only four episodes, um, so I think that season two was just like a bridge. I look at it as a, like a four episode bridge between season. One in season yeah, two. Uh, um, that is, you mean season two and season three? Or between season one and season two and three. Yeah. Season yeah, yeah, two yeah. only has four exactly. episodes. Yeah, because in season two, that's yeah. pretty much all it was, was um, the team getting back together. They yeah. Had and, and Diane lost her memory or ends up losing her memory. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of stuff happens, but they end up getting back together, uh, and yeah, we'll explain that what happened in between that and the little bridge part, and then get to yeah, and that that also had one of one of the other few things that I really didn't like about the the series with specifically with Gil Thunder, but again, we can we can talk about that next time. All right, well, part one yeah. of two part um, episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Tune in for the next one. We'll explain season two and season three of Seven Deadly Sin. Uh, like I said, it is definitely worth a watch. Definitely a good show. Uh, there's some slow moments in the beginning, but leading up to mm-hmm. season two to season three is well worth the wait. So definitely tune in uh, for next episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks again for coming, and Chris, thanks for being um my guess 
speaking. And yeah, thanks for having me, man. Be looking forward to the next episode. So, see you later, class. This is Blair Sensei, your Sensei, aka Juju, aka Gamer Sam, and I am out until next time. Class is over.